essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. On this week's episode, we're going to run down the events happening in Ontario. Looking forward to next weekend's Any Given Sunday 8 by Smash Wrestling, Midwestern Wrestling's event coming up in March, and then the rest of the independent wrestling calendar. But most importantly, we're going to end the show with a preview and my predictions for tonight's NXT TakeOver Portland which happens on the WWE Network on a Sunday of all things. Now we're right back after these short messages. Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. It's Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE Performance Center to be a guest trainer. We've already seen the likes of Jordan James, Kyle Boone, Violet Lee, Jim Strider, Pharaoh Bowman, Chris Mitchells, and many more. Plus, the new generation that are coming from the second group, such as Josh Pine, Shiloh, Nova, Frankie War, and many more. You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays, and located at 309 Exeter Road here in London. Shockstock 2020 is New Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near as the outside world falls into chaos. Word of a sanctuary for mutants, freaks, goblins, and geeks spread throughout the land. Three days of thrills and chills. With screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, all-nighter parties, and more. Stay tuned for guest announcements and more info. You hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. Welcome back to the show. As always, we start off with the Ontario indie scene and as always, Smash Wrestling. Smash returns to Toronto after a lengthy time away. They haven't been around since August, and they return hard-hitting with any given Sunday 8, 
happening on the February 23rd at the Rec Room in Toronto. Smash Wrestling is going to bring you a lot of great action, including tag team action, women's championship defenses, main title defenses, men's action, intergender, you name it, any given Sunday has it. You'll see Bear Country take on Main State Posse. The Philly Marino experience going against Baywatch. Rosemary defends her Smash Wrestling Women's Championship against Veda Scott. Jody Threat goes one-on-one -on -one with Psycho Mike Rollins. Tarek goes against Speedball Mike Bailey. And after what we saw at Fanshawe College just recently at New Beginnings, the King of the North, Carter Mason, will challenge the remix of professional wrestling, Kevin Bennett, for the Smash Wrestling Championship. Is this the time that the King of the North claims the crown? Or will the remix remain Smash Wrestling Champion? You can only find out by attending any given Sunday 8 at the Rec Room, February 23rd. Next Sunday, you don't want to miss it. On next week's episode, I'm going to run down the card, give my predictions. Plus, you can always tune in on the road when we head to Toronto. I'll be there live in person and we'll do a bunch of cut-ins on our Facebook page, giving results and our impressions of the event before heading back home to London. So send me your predictions for any given Sunday 8, and they'll be included in next week's episode. And heading over to Midwestern Wrestling, tomorrow, Family Day, in Listable, Ontario, you won't want to miss a Family Day meet and greet with Sabrina Kyle and Dylan Andrews. They'll be on hand to sign autographs. They'll be tons of coloring contests for the children and tickets for their March 28th return to the Parkview Gardens will be available for sale tomorrow during the Family Day celebrations. You'll want to get your tickets for March 28th at Midwestern Wrestling as they return to Parkview Gardens in Listowel. It is a stacked card from top to bottom and they will be crowning their first ever Midwestern champion. There'll be some returning favorites from the last show, along with some new talent arriving in Midwestern Wrestling. In a triple threat tag team match, you'll see Halal Beefcake, The Revolt, and the team of Ryan Bino and Nathan Newton going at it in triple threat action. The Wavemaker, Kyle Boone, returns to Midwestern Wrestling to take on the Night Train, Just Insane. Muscle comes back to Midwestern Wrestling and takes on the Canadian buzzsaw, Corey Stone. Back by popular demand, Psycho Mike Rollins will go one-on-one -on -one with the endorsement, Sebastian Suave. Making their Midwestern Wrestling debut, Nova will go one-on-one -on -one with Sabrina Kyle. And for the first ever Midwestern Wrestling Heavyweight Championship, two pillars will go at it. The wrestling machine, Tyson Dukes, takes on Mr. Punch-Kick-Chop, Tarek, who will walk away with the title raised over their head. We'll have to find out on March 28th as Midwestern Wrestling returns to Listowel at Parkview Gardens. Get your tickets now! Some exciting news coming out from the Ontario podcasting scene, and that means the formation of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network. If you're a fan of independent wrestling here in Ontario, whether it's getting the news, interviews, and event details, you can check out any of our different partners in the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network, and some of them include 
Schwa Style Podcast, Straight Talk Wrestling, Thursday Night Throwdown, Gilmy Talks, Knights of the Squared Circle, The Ocho and Ortiz Podcast, Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, The Ontario Indie Road Trip, Ringside with Chops, and The Stogie Mania Podcast. You get more information by joining us on oiwpodcastnetwork.ca. Like and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcasting Network, covering all of Ontario from East Coast to West Coast, Southwestern Ontario to Northern Ontario, and all points in between. Now let's check out all the great action happening across Ontario, courtesy of the Ontario Indie Road Trip, available on Facebook and YouTube. This afternoon at 12.30, Courage Pro Wrestling presents the Hamilton Heritage Rumble at the Germania Club in Hamilton. You can stay around after the show for 4 o'clock as Alpha One Wrestling presents Deadly Encounter. Tomorrow for Family Day, you can head to Listable and meet with Sabrina Kyle and Dylan Andrews as a part of Midwestern Wrestling's activities in Listable for Family Day at Parkview Gardens. Or, for great wrestling action, you can go to Wasaga Beach for Snowman Mania, presented by Rock Solid Wrestling. Or, Championship Wrestling from Ontario has Family Day action at the Rock Pile in Toronto. So there's plenty of action to happen on this holiday Monday. On Friday, February 21st, Superkick Pro Wrestling presents We Ain't Playing at the Great Hall in Toronto. C4 and Femme Fatale Wrestling presents Femme Fatale's 23 at St. Anthony's Banquet Hall in Ottawa, Ontario. On Saturday, February 22nd, Northland Wrestling presents Conquest 4 in North Bay, Ontario. On Sunday, February 23rd, Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment presents Pop-Up. And on February 23rd, any given Sunday 8, Smash Wrestling returns to Toronto at the Rec Room. This has been your event calendar presented by the Ontario Indie Road Trip, available on YouTube and Facebook. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Taking a look at some news, and not so wrestling news, starts off with the XFL. They debuted last Saturday on ABC with the DC Defenders taking on the Seattle Dragons. That game averaged about 3.3 million viewers. And it was really good football. There's a total departure from what the XFL originally looked like to what this version in 2020 is appearing to be. Now, you may or may not be a football fan, but if you are, 
go out of your way to look at this. It's not the NFL, and the commentators need to stop saying, this guy would be in the NFL, but just accept them for who they are. If you like CFL, arena-type football, you're going to like the XFL. Looking at some of the scores from last weekend, though, the D.C. Defenders defeated the Dragons 31-19. to The Houston Roughnecks, which is a team that I'm randomly going to start following and pull for, and they're hosting the uh, final game at the end of the year, they topped the L.A. Wildcats in a game of 37-17. to The Sunday games had New York Guardians defeating the Tampa Bay Vipers 23-3, and the St. Louis Battlehawks beat the Dallas Renegades 15-9. The XFL is going to be a 10-week season, so there's eight more after this weekend, plus I believe it's two weekends for the playoffs with the East versus West and then the championship going in Houston. So it's easy to digest. It'll be done in April. Give it a shot. WD announced this week the location for WrestleMania 37, even before we get to WrestleMania 36. It's going to happen in L.A. in March of 2021. It's scheduled to be happening at the SoFi Stadium at Hollywood Park in Inglewood, California on Sunday, March 28th. So they're taglining it again. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. One can only hope that they're as creative on this occasion as they were the last time WrestleMania went Hollywood and we get some great vignettes and movie parodies for highlighting and hyping up WrestleMania 37. The SoFi Stadium actually is scheduled to open in July and it's going to be the home of the LA Rams and LA Chargers in the NFL. So they're going to be uh, splitting time, I think much like uh, they do with Met uh, Life Stadium in New York for the uh, Giants and Jets. WrestleMania weekend will also have NXT TakeOver, the Hall of Fame, Friday Night SmackDown, and the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. This is somewhat of a unique stadium as it can expand to hold more people if needed. I guess the regular capacity is about 60 plus thousand, but can extend to over a hundred thousand. So I'm looking forward to seeing how just that in itself works out. But the SoFi Stadium is set to be completed and open by July of this year. Brandy Rhodes was just recently on a episode of the Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sepapiev, and they talked about the uh, ending of the Nightmare Collective. Or initially, she was supposed to be just manager to Awesome Kong, but Kong isn't doing so much uh, well physically, and so that's when they brought in uh, the other people into the Nightmare Collective, but that really didn't go over with the fans. And so they decided to end it. Awesome Kong has also apparently gone back to filming season four of uh, Glow. This is also scheduled to be the final uh, season of Glow, which I know, surprisingly enough, my wife will be disappointed in because she actually got addicted to Glow. I enjoyed Glow, but 10 episodes over a very short period of time and having to wait a year for the next ones. Kind of a little trying for watching a show. I would love to see it go longer and more, but it's not. But Awesome Kong is back to recording 
uh, season four of Glow. WD also announced that 18-year-old Simone Johnson, who is the daughter of Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is uh, reported to the WD uh, Performance Center. She's been there off and on, but I guess this is her official uh, declaration that she's there and signed. One can only hope that she has the same charisma as her dad and the same athletic ability as her dad so that she can be successful and not just be in the shadow of her dad, much like how Charlotte Flair and others had to work hard to be out of that shadow. The next edition of Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions is scheduled for tonight after NXT, and it will be featuring the big show Paul White as his guest. Vince McMahon was up to his old tricks again, and Buddy Murphy is no longer Buddy Murphy, he's just Murphy. I don't know what Vince has against people with actual full names, but yeah, at least it was Murphy kept, not Buddy. Josh Alexander, unfortunately, just recently announced uh, that he'll be closing his Canadian Strong Style Wrestling School that he just recently opened in Schaumburg, Ontario. Uh after one year of operation, it's kind of understandable because when he opened it, I don't think he was really with Impact Wrestling. He was floating around and he's doing more with Impact, especially with him being tag team champions with Ethan Page. And, you know, I guess it's best for him to close up shop instead of having students somewhat neglected by his uh, schedule and not be able to focus on them to the fullest extent that he intended when he thought about opening the school. So all the best to Josh Alexander with his career uh, surging. Uh, It's a shame that there's one less place for people to learn and train here in Ontario, but there's still crossbody, battle arts, and the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory, just to name a few that are still in existence if you're looking for places to learn how to become a wrestler. So WDA ended up announcing that there's going to be a gauntlet match happening in Saudi Arabia for a, another trophy, which is including R-Truth, Rusev, Andrade, Lashley, AJ Styles, and Eric Rowan. Of note for this match is the fact that AJ Styles will be back from injury, they're expecting. Andrade will be back from his suspension and... I guess they might have settled up some issues with Rusev, who is currently negotiating contract and apparently wants to leave. But at the same time, Lana had just recently signed to stay for another five years. So we'll see what happens in the Rusev household if one stays and one goes. But all that is supposedly going to be cleared up in time for Saudi Arabia. John Cena is set to return to WWE on February 28th, the edition of uh, SmackDown on Fox, Sportsnet 360 here in Canada, but it is coming from his hometown of Boston, Massachusetts, even though he now lives in Florida, and this could be what sets him up for his role at WrestleMania. Whether he's going to be a host or doing a match, we'll have to wait and see during that edition of SmackDown. Tyler Breeze recently revealed that him and Cass were supposed to be fired from WWE after NXT's E360 special. Um, it was supposed to follow a bunch of uh, different stars, if you uh, happen to remember that special. And it was billed that some will make it, some won't. And they were supposed to be two that didn't make it. 
but I guess after they came up with uh, some gimmicks of their own to uh, freshen up their, their characters and they got over, that plan to fire them did not happen, and so they stayed around. And as we know, Tyler Breeze has found a little bit more success when he teamed up with Fandango and did the uh, Fashion Files. He's back at, over on uh, NXT and 205 Live at the moment, especially with Fandango being injured again and getting ready to come back. Also, it appears that Sean Spears is teaming up with Tyler Breeze to open up a wrestling school down in Tampa, Florida. So if you're in that area, you can learn from these two great Canadians on how to become a wrestler. So ahead of NXT Portland event happening tonight, Triple H did a uh, media call a few days ago. And some of the highlights included uh, people questioning about AEW beating NXT in the ratings. He gave the uh, same sort of answer as before. It's a long game, not a sprint or marathon. Or it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So he's okay with what's going on with the NXT product. And they really haven't changed anything. Just except for it's live and two hours. But in comparison to what they had been doing before, they're not really changing. Uh, He mentioned about the NXT Women's Championship. Their rumors being it changed to the NXT Championship. He said that the internet took over uh, that whole thing and ran with it and... The main thing was to just take the focus off the word woman because they're all champions either way, but it's still going to be the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, He was asked about the NXT titles possibly being defended at WrestleMania 36, but he mentioned that the TakeOver card for that weekend is going to be epic and how difficult it is to fit everything into a WrestleMania card. Triple H was also asked about the absence of halftime heat this year because last year they did a halftime heat with the NXT uh, stars at the uh, Performance Center. He mentioned that, unfortunately, uh, that got scrapped, especially with uh, the Super Bowl being on Fox and them having their relationship with Fox showing SmackDown. It really wouldn't have worked out well business-wise for them to underhand Fox by taking viewers away from the halftime spectacular that they were presenting. So unless the Super Bowl goes to another network, we won't be seeing halftime heat for a while. Teddy Hart was recently arrested in Richmond, Virginia, and he apparently had a large amount of Schedule 3 narcotics and... There was apparently enough uh, that it's considered the intent to sell or distribute. So he'll be uh, looking at some court time in the future. Kathy Kelly has announced that after tonight's NXT TakeOver in Portland, that it will be her final appearance with WWE. She's going to be moving on to other endeavors. That's your wrestling news for this week. We'll be back with some information on... What happened this week on AEW Dynamite? Shockstock 2020 is coming to the Ramada London on May 1st to the 3rd. The new Earth's biggest pop culture expo and film festival. The real end is near as the outside world falls into chaos. Word of a sanctuary for mutants 
freaks, goblins, and geeks spreads throughout the land. It's three days of thrills and chills with screenings, panels, celebrities, workshops, interactive fun, vendors, and all-nighter parties. See special guests like James Lawrence, Mike Lackey, B.A. Johnson, and Sadie Katz. Shockstock 2020 is brought to you by Shockstock, Twisted Tees, Rotten Rags, and Taboo Textiles. For tickets and booking information, go to growtix.com. Shockstock 2020. You don't want to miss it. Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. This week's AEW came to us from Austin, Texas. That's at the HEB Center. It was, once again, hosted by Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross. The opening contest saw Kenny Omega and Heyman Page defend the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the number one ranked contenders, SCU, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and they were accompanied to the ring by the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. The belts were on the line in this uh, event, but before all that happened, the Dark Order appeared on screen uh, at the top of the ramp and said the Exultant One was coming soon and could be closer than they actually think. And that's when Christopher Daniels ended up uh, leaving uh, the area and it was just Scorpio Sky and Kazarian taking on Page and Omega. After a lot of great tag team action, some in and out uh, quick tags by both teams, uh, a bunch of V triggers, buckshot lariats, DDTs. Yeah, like this match was really good. And the finishing came when Omega used the V trigger and then a Snapdragon suplex on Kazarian. Page powerbombed uh, Kazarian and they finished things off with the buckshot uh, lariat V trigger combo on Kazarian to get the pin. Page then celebrated with a beer from a fan at ringside. Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Dark Order surrounded SCU in the ring. Chuck Taylor, Trent, and the best friends ran down to def- uh, the defense of SCU. But then the Butcher and Blade came out uh, along with Bunny. Hybrid 2 arrived. They surrounded SCU and the best friends, and the odds were then back with Dark Order. The Young Bucks uh, ran down there. The Hybrid 2 were there. There was a, just a really big brawl, which sort of, in WD-style fashion, was highlighting what was coming up next week with the Battle Royal between all the tag teams to become the new number one contenders at Revolution for Page and Omega. The segment ended with Orange Cassidy joining the best friends in the Young Bucks after uh, Butcher Blade and Dark Order and Hybrid 2 uh, retreated from all the chaos and they all hugged it out. Then there was an interview that played between uh, Jim Ross and Santana that was done in an empty arena. Santana talked about how his father went blind and how the blindness that he's experienced with one eye... uh, I can't give it justice, but it definitely made him seem very sympathetic and that he promised uh, Moxley that he would learn what it's like to live in darkness permanently when Santana uh, would get his revenge on John Moxley. Jim Ross kind of 
insinuated that maybe it's not really Moxley's fault all too much, but that Chris Jericho got him involved with this whole thing because what Jericho did to Moxley, and it's just more collateral damage. But Santana really didn't want anything to do with it. However, it did set up really nicely if the eventual turn does happen when uh, Santana ends up leaving the inner circle. And this could be a catalyst of why, because, you know, he's suffering because of Chris Jericho. The natural Dustin Rhodes took on the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. Guevara had Jake Hager in his corner because they're all part of the Chris Jericho inner circle. Um, Somewhat surprising, I guess, was the fact that um, Dustin picked up the victory because actually before this uh, happened as well, there was a vignette from Darby Allen and doing sort of the uh, uh, Bob Dylan black and white showing signs instead of speech and he was still choking because of the in selling the incident with the skateboard to the neck and Darby Allen is targeting uh Sammy Guevara but Dustin Rhodes ended up picking up the victory after a Canadian destroyer uh Hager then helped Sammy to the back and Dustin grabbed a microphone and told them to uh, come back and said that since Hager broke his arm, he wanted a piece of him at Revolution. So that match got set up as well. So it did give some momentum to Dustin. And you can judge either way whether it helped Guevara or not. But yeah, they're looking also to having Guevara against Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. Tony Schiavone then interviewed Dr. Britt Baker and wondered... Uh, she had anything to say about knocking out Yuka Sakasaki's tooth uh, last week. And she was actually proud that it, she gave some free dental work to Yuka. Uh, then Tony asked about the fact that the native beast Nyla Rose is going to be challenging Rio for the uh, AEW Women's Championship. And she basically just brushed it off because they are number two compared to her, since she was the first uh, woman signed by AEW. And that led us to the women's title match with Nyla Rose challenging Rio for the AEW Women's Championship. This was a hard-hitting match on behalf of Nyla Rose. She definitely used her size and strength um, dominance over Rio in this match. The fans got behind Rio as being the underdog, coming up from behind she was doing a really good job of it. Maybe some unbelievable spots considering the size difference between these two. But it was working. The fans were getting behind her. But after, even after a few coup de grace stops from the top rope, it wasn't enough to stop Nyla Rose. Nyla ended up hitting a spear and then a sit-down powerbomb and ended up becoming the new AEW Women's Champion. During the match, there was a couple of spots where Nyla was uh, trying to do some of Kenny Omega uh, moves, which was almost like sending a message to Omega since Rio is one of his uh, girls that he brought to AEW and mentored in Japan. After the match, though, there was a confrontation backstage with Nyla Rose and 
Kenny Omega, the women from uh, the women's division were also witnessing it. Unfortunately, it was in a pitcher-in-pitcher segment. So unless you had the commercial-free version uh, through the Fight TV app, I'm not really sure what was said during that confrontation. But they could very well be setting up either some sort of intergender match between Rose and Omega or eventually a uh, mixed tag team match with them. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, that led to Lexi interviewing Chris Jericho backstage with the inner circle. And he had uh, big news for Moxley that he scoured the globe looking for um, sort of a bounty hunter uh, to go after Moxley uh, next week. And he revealed that bounty hunter to be none other than Jeff Cobb, who may or may not have signed a contract with AEW because he's still with Ring of Honor. This could be just a one or two shot deal. And we're going to see Jeff Cobb taking on Moxley next week. Brandy Rhodes then came up for commenting. Uh, she's back to being her face self because they got rid of a uh, nightmare collective that was going on for a while. I guess that wasn't really flying with fans too much. So she's out being the wife of Cody Rhodes because Cody uh, didn't make it to the show this week. Uh, still selling the lashes that he took from MJF and Wardlow last week. This was also at the beginning of MJF taking on Jungle Boy. So we got these two against each other. And it was a really good match. The only downside is the fact that at one point MJF got Jungle Boy in the corner and yelled from the ring that Brandy should be with a real man while he grabbed himself. This really disgusted uh, Jim Ross, even uh, disgusted Jimmy Corderas, who used it as one of his rough and rants this week. Jungle Boy had hit a running Liger bomb on MJF uh, for a two count, but as referee was distracted, Wardlow gave MJF the dynamite diamond ring, and MJF uh, hit Jungle Boy with it in the close fist, and MJF pinned Jungle Boy uh, after he hit the double cross. So they definitely sent a message to Cody Rhodes as well. Cody will now be going against Wardlow in a cage match, but Wardlow wanted to send a message as well, so he grabbed Jungle Boy and hit somewhat of an F5 on Jungle Boy. Jurassic Express ran down Wardlow, and MJF escaped before Luchasaurus got there to attend to Jungle Boy. So that's setting up potentially Wardlow and Luchasaurus in the future. We got another video from uh, the Bastard Pac, who is still gearing up for his match, uh, which is going to be a Iron Man match, 30-minute Iron Man match against Kenny Omega in two weeks, which is the go-home show for the Revolution pay-per-view. Then it was time for the main event, which was going to be uh, John Moxley taking on Santana in a what was deemed an eye-for-an-eye match. Santana was accompanied to the ring by Ortiz, Chris Jericho was in a private skybox along with Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara and they entered the ring playing or the area playing Judas. The fans uh, sang along as well. 
Both men were entering the ring, uh, both wearing uh, eye patches because of uh, Santana getting keys to the eye from Moxley and Moxley getting the spike from Chris Jericho. These two brawled all over the place. Eventually, there was alcohol spit into Moxley's good eye, blinding him, and Moxley was able to get a thumb into Santana's other eye. So now we had like a blindfold uh, match reminiscent of Jake Roberts and Rick Martell from WrestleMania. Even though Santana was blinded and so was Moxley, Moxley hit the Paragon shift and got the victory over Santana. But no sooner did that happen, he was attacked by the inner circle and they were assaulting him with uh, the loaded socks, the heavyweight title, and low blows. And then Jeff Cobb ended up coming down because he was in the arena after all and not waiting till next week. He hit Mox with the tour of the islands, and the inner circle stood victorious over John Moxley. So next week, it's going to be a loaded card coming to us from Atlanta, Georgia. AEW's been going on a roll, I say, by having more stacked cards and telling us in advance what's going to happen. We know for sure that Jeff Cobb is going to take on John Moxley in a singles match, and there's going to be the first ever steel cage match in AEW history as Cody takes on Wardlow, plus many more matches to be determined. And they'll actually have them about 10 days away from their next pay-per-view, and so far, there's four matches announced on it. We have Jake Hager taking on Dustin Rhodes. Adam Page and Kenny Omega will take on the winner of the Tag Team Battle Royal, which actually will happen next week as well. So that's three matches we definitely know about for Atlanta. MJF is going to take on Cody in a uh, singles match. And Chris Jericho is defending the AEW World Championship against John Moxley. That's all going to happen at Revolution which is on Saturday, February 29th, coming to us from the Wintrust Arena in downtown Chicago, Illinois. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers we wanted to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra-large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. If you're looking for a great independent wrestling happening in our province of Ontario, look no further than Ontario Indie Road Trip. It's available on Facebook and YouTube, and we run down all the great events happening in this province. Whether you get in a car, bus, or train, there's a show near you. Support independent wrestling and the Ontario Indie Road Trip.
My name is The Muscle, Smash Wrestling's hottest free agent. I toss bodies and wheel hotties, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Now let's take a look at some of the results that happened this past week in WWE. On Monday Night Raw, it started off with Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders confronting Raw Tag Team Champions Seth Rollins, Murphy, and the AOP. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeated Asuka in a really good match. The downside to this came when Shayna Baszler ended up attacking Becky Lynch and bit her in the back of the neck, came up looking like a vampire with blood all over her. Becky had blood all over herself, but she qu- uh, Shayna quickly left, medical attention came, and Becky oversold and undersold at the same time the severity of what just happened and the audacity of having somebody bite your neck that she then ended up refusing medical assistance but then got into the ambulance herself and drove it to the hospital of course she ended up returning to lay a statement down later on in the evening the street profits had a very short tag team match against mojo raleigh and riddick moss by taking out moss in under a minute moss then ended up rolling up raleigh to become the new 24 7 champion this left Mojo really stunned since Riddick was supposed to be defending him. And Riddick ended up running through the crowd holding up the title. Drew McIntyre came out to MVP hosting a VIP lounge. So this looks like how MVP is going to be staying around in WWE, even though his in-ring career is winding down. They talked about the upcoming match with Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre did the obligatory pointing at the WrestleMania sign whenever it's mentioned. And MVP played the heel in this interview segment. Drew McIntyre gave him the Glasgow kiss, followed by the Claymore kick, which sent MVP over top of the couch. And that's when McIntyre left. So he's getting really over in these sort of segments. Hopefully it's enough to have fans' momentum with him going into WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Angel Garza defeated Cedric Alexander, but not before his cousin, Humberto Carrillo, had come out and attacked him, and the officials had to get rid of Carrillo before the match could begin. NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley yeah, was seen backstage, and she was confronted by Sarah Logan, and Sarah wondered who she was to be showing up on Monday Night Raw and challenging somebody like Charlotte Flair and Rhea responded by who do you think you are because nobody really knows who Sarah Logan is since she's been relegated mostly to main event so they had a uh, battle and Rhea Ripley defeated Sarah Logan Ricochet defeated Bobby Lashley in a somewhat rematch from their triple threat match the week before Randy Orton came out to talk about his uh, attack on Edge but before establishing why he attacked Edge, he was confronted by Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy reminded the fans that may be old enough to uh, know about it that him and Edge really don't get along eye to eye because of their uh, past, but there's still respect there. And since being able to move past what happened with him and Lita and Edge. As a result, Orton tried to hit an RKO. Hardy was able to escape it, but in the end, he got the RKO, then a concerto. Now, oddly enough, Hardy had wrote, 
goodbye in a message on Twitter. So it seemed like it was going to be his last appearance on Monday Night Raw or WWE for that matter. Instead, this Monday, he's going to be taking on Randy Orton. What is strange about it is the fact that Matt Hardy is coming back after a week of being out from a concerto and Edge is still out and they're selling that. So I don't know how they're justifying this between Matt Hardy and Edge and the length of time that a concerto takes to heal. But that's happening. So this Monday on Raw, it'll be Randy Orton taking on Matt Hardy. Alisher Black defeated Akira Tozawa in a rather quick match. And the main event saw Raw Tag Team Champions Seth Rollins and Murphy and AOP defeating Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders to close out the show. Over on SmackDown, Women's Champion Bailey defeated Carmella. Later on, it was announced that there's going to be a another match up happening between Naomi and Carmella to become the number one contender to Bailey and go on to face her at Saudi Arabia show uh, Super Showdown. So that will be the women's match, I guess, that they're going to be able to put out this time. Of course, they'll have to be covered up like Natty and Lacey Evans were on the last Saudi Arabia show, but at least they're getting the women on at least for one match. In a handicap match, Sheamus defeated Shorty G and Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews was really uh, frustrated later on with Shorty G, and who knows if that's going to lead to those two in a feud with each other and away from Sheamus, but Sheamus needs to do something other than being with these two jobbers. Hulk Hogan was on the show via satellite, and he was talking about uh, the induction of the NWO, and they even brought up the uh, question of Goldberg against The Fiend, and he started talking about how Goldberg uh, went against him in his prime, and the skills or how brutal Goldberg can be, but then he was interrupted, NWO style, by the Firefly Funhouse, and Bray Wyatt confronted Hulk Hogan, even uh, started trying to do mind games with him about having a fiend and wanting to be let in. Hogan decided to just get up and walk away, and the fiend ended up finishing off with the fact that he is going against Goldberg at Super Showdown for the Universal Championship. Sami Zayn was having a protest concert with a ukulele and a cowbell played by Cesaro, uh, that got interrupted by Braun Strowman and Elias, and then Dolph Ziggler ended up ruining Otis's date with uh, Mandy Rose. Um, we saw that Mandy Rose was waiting for Otis at a restaurant. Otis came all dressed up, had a uh, bouquet of flowers. He even slicked his hair with some spit, got past the meter D to go towards their table. But before he had shown up, Dolph Ziggler had approached Mandy Rose and took Otis's chair and was enjoying a glass of wine with Mandy in time for Otis to see it, drop the flowers, and leave. And the main event saw Roman Reigns and Dana Bryan defeat The Miz and John Morrison. King Corbin, who had been told that he couldn't be in action due to bullying fans last week and received a fine, showed up in the audience and because he had a ticket he claimed 
but then he ended up uh, attacking uh, Roman Reigns after the match and ended it the show sitting on his throne at the top of the stage while Roman was recovering from his attack. Of course, this is all leading up to uh, Super Showdown happening on February 27th in Saudi Arabia. So far, there's six matches been announced for that card. As I mentioned earlier, Bailey will take on the winner of Carmella or Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. AJ Styles, Andrade, Bobby Lashley, Eric Rowan, R-Truth, and Rusev are scheduled to be in a gauntlet match for the Tuwaiti uh, Trophy. That's a lar- very large trophy, so they always love to give out these belts and trophies at each of these uh, Saudi Arabia shows and have multi-people involved, whether it's in a tournament or a gauntlet match. The the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, is going to defend the Universal Championship against Bill Goldberg. Roman Reigns and King Corbin are battling it out in a steel cage match. Brock Lesnar will defend the WWE Championship against Ricochet after he won the uh, three-way match last week. And the New Day are set to defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Miz and Morrison, who earned their title shot after a fatal four-way match. So that all happens actually on a Thursday, February 27th. And yeah, that'll be available on the WD Network. So a lot of things going on, whether it's the, uh, the main rosters building up to Super Showdown and WrestleMania, plus the NXT roster building up for tonight's takeover from Portland. I'll be right back after these messages for NXT results and my picks for tonight's show. See the stars of tomorrow being built today at the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory each week on the production line. Available on Facebook and YouTube. It's Back London, the second annual Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo, presented by Hot Sauces Unlimited, on Saturday, February 29th at Centennial Hall. Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo is southwestern Ontario's home of the heat. Enjoy hot sauces and spicy foods from over 40 international producers. All vendors provide free samples or up the ante and buy some meaty chicken wings at the show and spice them up however you like. Vegan food options are also available. With hundreds of hot sauces to choose from, it's a chili head's wonderland. Plus, fans attending get a totally unique experience of hot entertainment with eating competitions, chili cookouts, live podcasts, cooking demos, and a world record-setting feat of heat. The event it will be licensed with craft beer and spirits available for consumption to pair with the perfect sauce for fans of spice or those seeking an afternoon in the heat. Heat Wave is the place to be. The next Heat Wave takes place Saturday, February 29th, 2020 at Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, presented by Hot Sauces Unlimited. For more information, go to heatwaveexpo.com. Yo, this is Tarek. You listen to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. 
Let's wrap up this week's episode with results from last Wednesday's NXT, plus my view and predictions for tonight's NXT TakeOver Portland, which will happen later on this evening on the WDE Network. This week's edition of NXT started off with Roderick Strong in the ring. He's very incensed over what happened last week with the return of the Velveteen Dream, especially considering Roderick's wife, Marina Shafir, and his son were airbrushed on Dream's tights, very reminiscent of Ravishing Recruit and Jake Roberts back in the 80s. Out came Bronson Reed, who still wanted revenge on the Undisputed Era because he was taken out in the Undisputed Era's hunt for Tommaso Ciampa the week prior, and so they had a match one-on-one. Dream tried to do some mind games, turning off the lights and making it all purple, but it wasn't enough to distract Roderick Strong. He hit a jumping knee strike for the victory. Dream wasn't finished with Roderick Strong, however, and he appeared on the video screen and flaunted the same tights again, which just sent Strong into another rage. Before Johnny Gargano takes on Finn Balor at TakeOver, Gargano took on Cameron Grimes, and they had a backstage confrontation recently at NXT Live event, which helped set up this match. They went back and forth, and it was a really good... uh, Competition for Johnny Gargano, preparing him for Balor. But Cameron Grimes was caught with a tilt whirl head scissors and put in the Gargano escape, forcing him to immediately tap out. Leo Rush and Angel Garza went one-on-one against each other for an opportunity at the Cruiserweight Championship. Both of them are former champions, and actually Garza was the one who took the title away from Leo Rush. And so Leo came in very determined to defeat Garza. He did so, and he's going to end up getting a title shot against Jordan Devlin. After the match happened, Devlin arrived immediately afterwards and confronted Leo Rush, and they set up their match for whenever that occurs. Bianca Belair made short work of Santana Garrett and then addressed the fact that she seems to be looked or overlooked in her championship match with Rhea Ripley on Sunday, and she didn't really take too kindly to that. Rhea Ripley came out to confront her, said she wasn't looking past her, but she was looking right at her. Both women got into a fight, and Belair was able to lay out Ripley with a KOD and stood over top of the champion. So will this happen tonight? Who knows? But regardless, the winner of the championship match will potentially face Charlotte Flair because they haven't made it official yet at WrestleMania. The main event saw Kushida going against Adam Cole, the NXT champion, and it was a really good match. This was a result of also uh, last week's buildup where the Undisputed Era literally disposed of Kushida in a garbage can. Um... It went back and forth. It came close to even having Kushida getting the victory, but he fell victim to the last shot. That's when Tommaso Ciampa arrived, and the Blackheart circled Adam Cole like a shark, eyeing uh, the NXT title, uh, which he was forced to give up due to injury, and as we know, he refers to it as Goldie. The only question remains is, will Tommaso Ciampa take Goldie home? After uh, TakeOver, or will Adam Cole still be 
the champion over NXT. That brings us to NXT TakeOver, which happens tonight. It's in Portland, Oregon, on the WWE Network. There's six matches to happen. So not only is it on a different day, but they've added another match that is not like a normal NXT. Dakota Kai is going to take on Tegan Knox in a street fight. Ever since War Games happened and Dakota Kai turned her back on her tag team partner, Tegan Knox, these two ladies have been inseparable and brawling all over the place. That's why it's been made into a street fight. I think this is the time that Tegan Knox finally gets the victory over Dakota Kai, who can no longer run. And that's my pick, is Tegan Knox. Keith Lee is going to defend the North American Championship against Dominic Dijakovic. And while these two always put on great matches against each other with their size and ability, it is too early for Keith Lee to lose the title. He has a lot of momentum going for him ever since the Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. So I see Keith Lee retaining the North American Championship. After winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, will challenge the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, for the NXT Tag Team Championships. This is where I think that another set of titles from the Undisputed Era will be lost, and we'll see new Tag Team Champions in Riddle and Dunne. I had thought eventually they were, these two were going to break up, but they seem to be getting a lot of momentum with their uh, fun skits that they've been doing with Pete Dunne playing the uh, straight guy and Matt Riddle being, well, Matt Riddle. And a lot of fans are enjoying it. So I think it's a little early to break these two up. Is it inevitable? Of course it is. But I think this is where you're going to see the Undisputed Era drop another title and leaving... Adam Cole as the only person holding a title because unfortunately I see him retaining against Tommaso Ciampa. The sooner or the earliest I see Adam Cole dropping the belt will be at the takeover in Tampa during WrestleMania weekend and that'll be the last belt that Undisputed Era takes and loses. But I don't know who will take that away from whether it's another rematch with Tommaso Ciampa. Who knows where that direction is going to go. Maybe it's even um, leading to Velveteen Dream getting through all of Undisputed Era to get at Adam Cole. That leaves us with also Rhea Ripley defending against Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Sadly enough... Even though Bianca Belair laid out Rhea Ripley this past week on NXT, WD set it up way too early and made this a lame duck match. They should have had Charlotte Flair be there tonight to scout out whoever's the champion at the end of the evening and possibly make her decision at that point. But they've telegraphed it so much that it's going to be Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania that there's no other choice but to pick Rhea Ripley to be the NXT Women's Champion by the end of the night. And Finn Balor taking on Johnny Gargano. This is a uh, grudge match that's been a few months in the making and I see Johnny Gargano picking up the victory even though somebody like Finn Balor does sort of need 
this victory to establish himself as a dominant person on the heel side for NXT. But I'm going with Gargano. So my picks are Keith Lee, Tegan Knox, Adam Cole, the Broserweights, Johnny Gargano, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, it's NXT TakeOver Portland happening tonight on the WDE Network. If you enjoy podcasts and wrestling information like we do, join the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network. We have all of Ontario covered, whether it's interviews, information, or event listings. You can find us on Shaw Style Podcasting, The Weekly Whisper, Straight Talk Wrestling, Thursday Night Throwdown, Gilmy Talks, Ontario Indie Road Trip, Knights of the Squared Circle, Ocho and Ortiz Podcast, Ringside with Chops, Stogie Mania, and the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Across Ontario, we have you covered. It's the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and online at oiwpodcastnetwork.ca. This concludes another edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, whether you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any of the other locations that you get your podcasts from. Share this with your friends. The Scumbags Wrestling Podcast is part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network. For more information on that, go to oiwpodcastnetwork.ca and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Support independent wrestling all over Ontario. Until next time, have a great week. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hardly breathe.